Welcome and thank you for joining us. Here at Calvary Chapel Eldoret, we believe in impacting and changing people's lives through the Bible, which is the only inspired and infallible Word of God. For more information, be sure to check out our website at ccelderet.org. That is ccelderet.org. And here is today's word. Philippians, not Philippians, Ephesians, chapter 2, from verse 11 to 22. If you're there, we shall read together. Therefore, remember that you were once Gentiles in the flesh who were called uncircumcision by what is the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. That all the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself a new man from the two, thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now therefore, You are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together, grows in a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Lord, we are thankful again. We are thankful for your word, thankful for the provision of it, and we thank you that you're here with us to help us understand and to unify us through your word as we just read. So we ask that you'd fill us with understanding this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So this part that we have today, basically what we're going to talk about is unity in Christ. 
unity in Christ. John Newton, if you guys know him, by his admission, made the world aware that he was a racist at one point. He was driven by prejudice so much that he sold West Africans in the human slave trade more than a century ago. In that season of life, he was reading a book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Acampus. He got convicted and gave his life to Christ. And then he stopped the things he used to do, joined the church, became a clergyman in the church, and wanted to contribute to the church through music. So he wrote over 300 hymns. One of the famous one that we know, it's known globally, is the amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wreck like me. The melody, though, was not written by him. He didn't just write these words. He knew for sure that he was a wretch. He knew that he was a racist. He knew that he was a sinner. And when he was writing these words, I'm a wreck, he knew for sure that he was and he had encountered the love of Jesus Christ. He knew for sure that he was and God saved him. And on his deathbed, he said, that my memory is almost gone, but I remember two things. That I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. That is all we need to remember at the end of the day. That I am a great sinner, and Jesus Christ is the greatest Savior of all time. What we just read today gives us, you know, a comparison of what happened in the olden days. And the one who is writing to us is very qualified to write these words because he was, um, he lived in both lives, you know, being a Pharisee, being a Jew, he understood all the scope of their beliefs, what they did, what qualified them, you know, to be a Pharisee, what qualified them to be, you know, to be God's people. And they had pride, such a great pride in who they were, the chosen people. Paul wrote to a group of people that were very prejudiced also in all their aspect in life in that century. The Romans people looked down on anyone who was not a Roman. 
The Greeks looked down on anyone who did not speak the Greek language. The Jewish people also looked down on those who weren't Jewish people because they regarded themselves as so important that the rest of the people, you know, they have no value. There was a major fault line, a division in the church within these two groups between the Jewish and the Gentile converts. The one and only solution for this problem was the gospel. That was the only solution that would help these people. All the groups needed a savior to be right with God. Jesus came and said, let me unite these people to be one great community. Did that with his blood. By eliminating the boundaries that separated the people to create one solid community. That is what he said, that I will build my church. And as we just read, he's saying he's, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the author of the church. And here we have great reminders in this uh, chapter. Number one, we were outsiders, but now we are insiders. We were out, but now we, were, we are in. And number two, we were alienated, but now we are integrated. And number three, we were foreigners, but now we are a family or fellow citizens. And this Jewish people, let me read a scripture that Paul wrote in a, Romans, Romans chapter 9, verses 4 and 5. Who are Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory of the covenant, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came, who is over all, the eternally blessed God. Amen. Partly what he was talking about in this context, in this story, having pride of where you come from as a Jewish person. Jesus, genealogically, he's a Jew. And so every person, everything that was not from the Jewish people, they had low regard of it. Whether it's a person or it's a concept, it was not just accepted with these Jewish people. 
The Jewish people used their advantage to look down on people rather than to bring people closer to God. Because the initial plan, when God was saying, hey, these are my chosen people, he was to use this nation to draw other people to him. That is why even when they were constructing these um, temples, there would be a place, you know, the Holy of Holies, a holy place and place for the priest. And then at the end of it, there would be another court, another court for the Gentiles. So that they would be drawn to this God of the Israelites that perhaps they will change from uh, worshipping other gods and start worshipping God. God's plan was for the Jewish people to use their position to bring people to him. But what happened is they kept people away from knowing God. Did you know that over 2,000 years ago, some Jewish people believed that there was one reason why God created the non-Jewish people. And the reason was to make hell hotter. Okay? That was their reason. <laughs> it's like God, God wants to do something or he wants to increase the amount of fires, like bring this one Gentile, throw him right in there. <laughs> Done deal. Imagine such a perception from God's chosen people. <laughs> Even the school of thought, just amazing. The strict Jewish people would not walk the same route or walk at the same close proximity with a Gentile. If a Jewish person would see a Gentile coming, they'll go this direction. Why? They could not even allow their shadows to come together. That would mean that, hey, there's, we are contaminated, so we have to go back and do a ceremony to sanctify ourselves. Your shadow with the shadow of a Gentile brings contamination. Wow. They would, they would do a cleansing ceremony. Strict Jewish people would not help a pregnant Gentile to deliver, for they would be guilty of bringing another Gentile into the world. So, don't help them. And if a Jewish girl would get married to a Gentile man. Do you know what would happen? They would conduct her funeral the same day. You're married to a Gentile? They would conduct your funeral. You're alive. <laughs> but they would conduct your funeral the same day, saying she is dead to us. She is no longer with us. 
Remember, these are the God's chosen people, the Jewish people. But as we are seeing from the scripture here, that you can be rejected here on earth, but know this for sure, you accept Jesus, you are accepted in heaven. And in this family, we, Paul says there's neither Jew nor Gentile. Free, in bond, all of us are in Christ Jesus. And in their synagogues, if you walked into the synagogues, you'd find this arrangement that this side is for the men. This side is for the ladies. In the temple courts, they had, you know, the holy place, holy of holies, holy place. There was the court where priests would only go. And these, they had to be Jewish people. Around it, around the court, there was another place that was called the court of Israel. That was for only men. Men only. Around it, there was another court that was the court that was called the court of women. And these are the Jewish women. Then you descend several steps further into a low level and there was a wall that was four and a half feet tall. Father, you've gone like you've walked all the steps and drive further and there will be a wall over there. And in this wall, the other side of the wall, it was called the court of the Gentiles. The court of the Gentiles. It had a good distance from the proper temple activities. In other words, you'd come to that area, the things that are happening, you'd see them, you'd barely see them. It was a big margin. And that is where the Gentiles would stay. On that 4.5 feet wall, there were signs that were technically written, you know, be aware of things. Like you see signs, you know, be aware of dogs, be aware of this, be aware, you know. You get into that place, There was a death inscription, and this is what it read. No foreigner may enter within the barricade which surrounds the sanctuary and enclosure. Anyone caught doing so will have himself to blame for ensuing death. On himself. Hashtag, welcome to church. <laughs> welcome to church. That is what you read 
when you're looking at God's holy people offering sacrifices the other side. What, you, what would you think about these people? <laughs> you crossing the line? It's like, hey, you're, you're signing your own death sentence when you're crossing to go and worship the Lord. This was amazing. And in this, uh, in the Gentiles court, that is where all these Jewish people had set their boots for business. You remember when Jesus walked into the temple and turned the temples? That was the exact place where this business was happening, where the Gentiles were. And this is where they chose to do the business. They're like, well, you know, we are God's chosen people. That is the holy of holies. This is a place for uh, the priest. This is a place for Jewish men, Jewish women. And because we don't care about those people, let's go and transact business on that other side. There was no chance for the Gentiles to cross over and to go and worship the God of Israel. And even if they would want to convert and worship the, the Yahweh God of the Israelites, there were a lot of things to do for you to be accepted. And also, you would not still go and mingle with them still. So when Paul is talking about all these things, he knows for sure the boundaries that were in there, the things that happened. When we went through the book of Ruth, for those who are here, we saw the beautiful picture that was painted by a Jewish person, a Gentile person, and a kinsman redeemer. That though you are far away, though you did not belong, but there is someone else who is a kinsman redeemer, who is ready to redeem you, who is ready to bring you close and closer to God. That was an amazing story that we read in that book, the book of Ruth. He says that therefore, remember that you were once Gentiles. Remember. Let me read this other version, an interesting version here. Say, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Don't forget about it, that you used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. <laughs> uncircumcised heathens. And this was not just, for them it was not just a word saying, well, these are circumcised, these are not. <laughs> Do you remember what they were saying to the Philistines? You uncircumcised Philistines. You people without God. 
people who do not know God. You, what can you say to us? We are God's chosen people who were proud of their circumcision. They were proud of what happened to them by the hands of men, as Paul describes, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship amongst the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. You were far off, but now you have been brought close by what? By the blood of Jesus Christ. This is what unites everyone. That the Jewish people and the Gentiles, they are united by God through Jesus Christ. The Jewish people were guilty of sin because they did not live up to the law. That was sin. And the Gentiles also were guilty of sin because they were ignorant of the law. So who is better? None of them. Everyone is guilty. Everyone is a sinner at the end of the day. You took pride on who you were, saying that you are God's chosen people, hating people to the point of saying, hey, you guys are just... You guys know this, we call them what? Masagari or whatever. <laughs> you use them to light fire or to increase fire. It's like, that is how the Jewish people would look at you people. <laughs> oh, instrument of fire. God just created you so that he can increase fire. When he feels a little bit cold, <laughs> I want to warm myself up. Let me take like 3,000 Gentiles. <laughs> that is horrible. That is terrible to even think about it that way. But now the concept that Paul is bringing to us here is amazing. That you, with all the laws that you think you're keeping, you're guilty. Why are you pushing people away while you're supposed to draw them to God? Why are you thinking that you're better than other people because, you know, it is said that you're God's chosen people, a royal people? Man, if that was the case, I don't know about us today. I don't know where we could be. But we are reminded that all of us who were guilty Guilty before God. Guilty as charged. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. 
He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the walls of hostility and separated us. The walls that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law which in its commandment and regulation he had made peace between the Jews and the Gentile by creating in himself one new people from the two groups. Wow. Amazing. That when all these things are happening, the Christ comes and what he wants to do is to draw people to himself. You're a Jew, you need a savior. You're a Gentile, you need a savior. None of these groups had anything to do that would earn them salvation. Because the law would not, as we've read over and over, that the law kills. The law kills. But God, through his blood, he made us to be one group of people from these two groups of people. That is why you'll travel, you go to Kakamega, you go to Nairobi, Mombasa, and you walk into a fellowship and say, brother, brother, brother. Why? Because we belong to one God, bought by the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We can meet people from different languages, we would sing one song in our beautiful languages and we would be able to see a glimpse of heaven or how we would rejoice in the heaven. Imagine all of us here singing amazing grace in our local languages. I know you guys don't know. <laughs> oh, tell people to sing amazing grace like... What is the first word again? <laughs> you guys don't know. Even in Swahili, it's a struggle. Do we know? We don't know. But imagine if a Kikuyu, a Luo, a Kalenjin, a Luya, a Pokot, all of us are singing this beautiful hymn in a local dialect. That would be amazing. That would be beautiful without being ashamed of the tribe that you were. You know, nowadays people, they don't want to mention their second name. Why? Because immediately people will start to profile you. Say, huh, we know you. We know you didn't vote for us. Why? Because your name says this. <laughs> that is how the Jewish people profiled the Gentiles. They don't belong to us. They cannot worship our God. Do you know we still have tribes here in Kenya that believe that the next tribe cannot be born again? 
And even if they hear that they go to church, like, no, they cannot be born again. We have tribes that have problems with intermarriage until today in this generation. Why? Because those ones are heathen and we are the chosen people. <laughs> oh, what a pathetic thought we have. Christ died for humanity, not for a specific tribe. He died for everyone. And those who have accepted him, they become part of this beautiful family. Together, as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross at our hostility towards each other and our hostility towards each other was put to death. Our hostility towards each other was nailed at the cross. Why do we want to bring it back? Being hostile to people. Not loving people. Thinking you're better than other people. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were where? Far away from him. And peace to the Jews who were near. <laughs> so both groups, they've been both. Those who thought they were very near, those who were far, they were bought by this precious death of Jesus Christ. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And we see these beautiful images of unity. Number one, that we are the kingdom of saints, regardless of your background. Number two, that we are one big family, the household of God. And number three, that we are a spiritual temple. Spiritual temple. They so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all God's holy people. You are all members of God's family. Members of God's family, together we are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. Everyone is included in these heavenly places that uh, Paul has been talking about. It is not a heavenly place for the Jewish people only. It is a heavenly place for the children of God. 
a heavenly place for everyone who has accepted our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So these are the things. I mean, leave them alone. They won't take you nowhere. They won't help you. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do this. I can't love this group of people. I can't mingle with this group of people. I can't do this. You're going back to the law. You're going back to something that was broken over 2,000 years ago when Jesus was nailed at the cross. We think that following the law is easy. It's not. It's complicated, actually. Accept the Lord Jesus Christ and enjoy his mercies, enjoy his love. But you people who were once far away, you guys know this for sure. Other, the Jewish people regarded you as dead. <laughs> oh, as masagari. <laughs> and things that are used to light the fire. And I think some people still carry these ideas. You've heard people say, hey, when they come out at Tumika Kuongeza Moto, they're thinking like the Jewish people again, even without knowing the, the history of them. They're thinking like, oh, these people, man, <laughs> you're pathetic, you're horrible. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. You know, I was reading about all these things. A lot of things I read, I was like, man, how would you think like this? And you're still calling yourself God's holy people. But you know, the same idea is present in church today. That the church has created a big barrier. We have that 4.5 wall over there that we don't want to accept people. Why? Because of their appearance. Do you know how many times we've been judged because we allow people with tattoos, people with dreadlocks? Dreadlocks, dreadlocks. My wife has one. <laughs> wow. It's amazing. <laughs> dreadlocks. The beard gang. <laughs> oh, man. We've been called names. Because these people, they want us to behave like the Jewish people. <laughs> this is our place and no one comes. You see people with such kind of dresses. Wamama mkwe ready na manini na maleso. Okay? Lesos at work. Ashes have lesos. No. People come to Christ the way they are. They don't remain the way they came. Because Christ works in their lives. Christ works in our lives. As I bring the worship team to come, you know, we, we might think that this, this was just the Jewish people. These things, they come very close to us. Very close to us. What do you want to do? You want to separate yourself because you're holy than the rest of the people? 
You're so important than the rest of the people. In Christ, we are one. The whole thing that Christ has always been promoting is unity. Unity and unity and unity. Every one of us, I think, or I suppose, you know your history. You know where you came from. You know how much God has loved you to this point. Why would you not love it when other people would want to experience the same? So that we, you know, all we do is to create barriers for them. These are wicked people. These are wicked tribes. These are wicked nations. These are wicked whatever it is. Why? Because we think we are the better people. He says to us, through him, you Gentile, that is all of us here, also are being made part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. I love it. I love it. I love the fact that I am included. Everyone loves where they're included. People hate where there is separation. People love to be included into groups, into, though sometimes it's annoying when you're being included in a group WhatsApp group without your knowledge. They get you in, and sometimes like, ah, nimekweka kwe group. No, I don't want to be there. I can help you without being in a group, by the way. Did you know that? People can help you without being in there. You don't try to guilt trip people because they just left the group. Leave people alone. We are the kingdom of saints, the family and the household of God, and we are a spiritual temple. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Paul writes. Do you want to mess up the temple of God? Do right and live right. Lord, we are thankful for today. We are thankful for your word. Thank you for always revealing yourself to us and reminding us of this great truth. As we learn, as we go through them in our daily lives, Lord, we ask that you'd help us to get a hold of your word and walk with it to do your will above all else, God. Help us 
Help us not to discriminate people. Help us to be a people who will draw men and women to you. You say in your word that when you are lifted, you draw people to you. May you be lifted in our lives, God. As we give to you our offerings, Lord, we ask and pray that you bless us, bless our hands as we work. And may we remember that you are the one who gave the perfect gift. We are not able to do that, but as much as we are able, may we give what will bring glory to you. We thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's teaching. We hope that you've been inspired and blessed. For more teachings and other resources, visit our website at ccelderet.org or call us at 0718-012-496. That is 0718-012-496. See you next time.